The format is normally we just I wing just it. Conversation. Okay. Um, I rarely prepare questions. Okay. Um, I interviewed a rapper once, oh. and I, I had a uh, had to deal with a publicist. Okay. And she wanted to see questions ahead of time. Yeah. Which kind of ruined the comedic timing of it. Yeah. But in general, like there's some things that I do most episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, and this is for cool. which one? The well, what, you have two podcasts, right? Uh, I do have two podcasts. Uh, uh, this is for normally with this podcast, I actually reveal the name partway through because it's uh-huh. somewhat of a silly name. Okay. So getting that natural reaction is kind yeah. of funny. My other podcast. I've seen it somewhere, but I forgot about it because I, I looked it up on my podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the other one is like basically a podcast for my mom that my mom doesn't <laughs> listen to because like have you done a lot of podcast interviews no never okay. but i love podcasts i listen to so so many yeah well like i've i kind of annoying like if there's people that i want to follow like if i want to listen to like every mike bethel yeah. interview it's kind of difficult to do so yeah so i made another podcast feed when i was doing more podcasts about darkest dungeon yeah so that way i had a way of like here's a feed and i get permission with like everything i've done yeah and uh uh, and that that that's kind of because like my mom's not gonna go find thirty yeah. podcasts and yeah. like search like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's a cool if we start. Yeah, yeah, just go okay. Um, what's your name and what's your game? Cool. So my name's Harry Rose, and I'm working on the upcoming game Off Grid. Okay, are you making it off grid? Uh, <laughs> well, we all mostly work remotely, so a little bit. A little bit off grid. Remotely is on the grid. Uh, that's true, actually. I, I do live in like a city, so it's not that I don't live in like a tent in the woods. Yeah, there, um, there's some people like in BC, like the province I've run in yeah. Canada, like they've moved in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like those eco dome things. Yeah, or, to like work on their VR game yeah. as like an audio designer because they need like quiet fields to get ambience and stuff it's just like a that. Quiet field, but just with a very long extension cable all the way to the middle of the field. Or yeah, something. I think they still have internet. Okay. Um, so yeah. So what? What's like? How many people are working on that? Yeah. So um, we have three people full time. Um, we have a few other people on the team that kind of come on and off. We've got like a sound designer. Uh, we have someone who does like administration and kind of PR for us as well. Uh, but there's me, uh, and I'm pretty. Much, I'm a full time programmer. I, I don't really do any designy bits. I do bits and bobs. I mean, we're a very very small team. So everyone has to kind of. And that's like do four everyone, people, do, six people. Uh, no, three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone ends up doing bits and bobs, but I'm definitely like at my core a programmer. Uh, and then we have Rich, who's uh, more design uh, focused, more like level design. And we have Pontus, who's a programmer, but also from like a web dev background. So he does a lot of the user interface, a lot of the art, but also level design. He, oh, okay, uh, that's cool. Do you yeah. think like having like an integrated programmer UI-wise has helped a lot? Oh man, yeah. He can crack out like UIs that look amazing very, very quickly. Uh, I'll sometimes when we add a new system I'll add like a temporary the equivalent of programmer art for a UI and then when I see his final thing I wonder how I ever thought that that was okay (laughs) Um, so yeah definitely and I think so many things like in terms of from a web dev background like apply really nicely to kind of UX kind of things where it's like there's, I guess there's kind of rules for how user interfaces should be laid out, and he's definitely well aware of that. And he's and probably not going to do too much extra stuff. Yeah. Like, that's normally the problem with, yeah. like, game UI is, yeah. like, it's too much. Yeah. I think we've heard... Did you... I mean, I guess we only showed videos in the talk, but did you see a little bit of the UI stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. like, during your, like... Um, uh, yeah, when you were showing the menus and stuff mm. like that. Like, yeah, that I, was, think, I think... It was clean. Really nice. and, yeah. and also looked, like sustainable for expansion yeah. which is like another problem with yeah. games like anything you do you're probably going to need to do a bunch more yeah. if things change I think we kind of like have a little bit of an unwritten rule of 
two sub-menus at most, and then we've gone too far. Like, if you have to go yeah. to a menu, and then that opens another menu, and then another menu, and it's like a kind of Russian doll, um, that's a bit too many. So I think, I think hopefully it's sustainable. Well, yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, I mean for like, us on Darkest Dungeon, we, we have like certain team members that kind of fight for different parts of the UI, so yeah. it normally ends up being this like kind of middle ground, yeah. um, which works for us, but it's definitely a lot of battles on like, should this have a tooltip? How, yeah. how much is in this tooltip? You've written the full our paper tool, on our tooltip. This is too much. Uh, our our tooltip system is kind of nuts. Like, it, there are better tooltips, but like considering the breadth of content yeah, that we yeah. can throw in a tooltip, it's it's. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, so, you did a talk about modding. Yeah. Um, that seemed to be. Uh, coming from a genuine like some excitement about doing mod support, yeah. But uh, there was also part of it where you were saying you got some funding to do mod support, yeah. So I was kind of curious, like, what was that process like? So to be honest, that process was actually a little bit before I started on the game, um, but that process I believe was through the UK Games Fund, and they funded uh, us to add modding support to the prototype. In terms of the process of getting that funding, I, I kind of really can't comment. I don't, oh, okay, I don't yeah. quite know. Yeah. yeah, we got a further batch of funding after that, which allowed me to come on full time. Um, so, oh, so yeah. when you came on, you you were like coming on yeah. with mod support being. It was a little bit. It was like, like we had we had the what we needed to like kind of hit our, our funding goals, and then I came in, and then because I, I come from a more of a systems background, I came in and I did a lot of refactoring and kind of cleaned it up and made it a bit more kind of um, sustainable for, for building upon. So yeah, we had a little bit of a grounding by the point that I, I started on it. Okay, and do you have like, I mean, maybe you don't know this, but do you have like kind of uh, funding deliverables about that mod support? Like, um, like how involved are they into like... How? I'm not sure. My colleague deals a lot of funding stuff. He kind of shields me away from a lot of the business oh, okay. elements of it. Yeah, uh, so I it can seems just like you're doing the most possible yeah. mod support. Oh yeah, I mean, we definitely want to try and be as transparent as possible. We... We really kind of want to expose everything we can in Lua, in Lua, basically. Uh, so we have lots of stuff. We have kind of like the the user, uh, the player has like an AR glasses. That's kind of how they see the world. And this has like a little app wheel. So you can add those apps and they're in Lua. And the reaction to being triggered is in Lua, uh, where you put the icons in Lua. So people can make their own. Um, so literally anything that we can put in Lua, we have. Um, so yeah, definitely trying to be as, just phys as open as we possibly can. Cool. Um one thing I did notice about um, one of your slides specifically uh, yeah. during your talk about mod support, where there was kind of like a function that was called when like a level was created, and um, uh, there was something where like you were kind of clearing the player and then like adding the mission to the player, and it seemed like something where like you oh yes you, yeah. this seems like something you are going to have to kind of do all the time yeah because um, and I was just kind of curious like how you plan on like expressing that to people of like as in, guidelines and, as in uh, a case of there's something that you have to do otherwise nothing will work and how do we make yeah. it clear and, and where do you make the choice of like oh is this something I can move out of the mod support yeah like theoretically make it less flexible but people are going to like we're not doing carryover items that's chaotic yeah yeah so I mean basically at the moment you have to always add to the player that's something that I guess we could make the assumption that there's always going to be a player actually I don't think the game would run very well <laughs> if you didn't add the player and then tried to run it uh, I think it would freak out a bit. I, I, I guess the reason we've left that in there at the moment is that we want the ability in the future to support adding different like playable characters. Uh, it's something that we're still kind of working out how we're going to develop. 
And one thing we'd really love, and this is no promise that this will happen, is the ability for users to make their own models for characters so they could mod themselves in and tell their own story about themselves. Um, so I guess that's kind of why we've left that in. If, if we kind of just did it for them, it kind of removes some of that flexibility. I guess really it's one of the questions in the talk, which is a very, very on point, was how do you handle the fact that people can completely break your game in modding? And that is always something you have to take into account and you have to provide very, very intuitive and, and easy to understand error messages at every single point you possibly can. And I guess that kind of just comes into that of if they haven't added a player, we just have to throw up a big warning saying, you've done this wrong, like, please fix it. Um, well, also those error messages, like the more you can make, the, be the better um, support you can give. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also for development, like yeah. a lot of our how do I hook stuff up is kind of automated. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like error messages, like the audio team sees error messages yeah. and they'll make those sounds. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they're not just for modders, they're for us too. It's very easy to say like, oh, well, we're, we'll kind of make it so that modders can validate what's wrong with their mission. But totally, before I made uh, this tool that I, I talked about in the, in the talk, which allows users to like validate their missions, before I did that, I, things caught me out that were really simple, like all the time, in systems that I'd written, so um, yeah, definitely, it, it's a boon to everyone involved. And, and is are you considering supporting mod uh, at launch? Yes, definitely, modding absolutely at launch. Whatever we we launch in, it's it, it will have mods. Consoles, if we do consoles, uh, which is up in the air, um, no promises. We'll uh, we have to see where we can go. I, I I don't believe that consoles will support mods. But one thing we want to potentially try and support is the ability to do uh, downloadable content and if modders are interested in doing so, we might be able to package up their mods into some kind of downloadable content that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that might go towards like a charity bundle or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's what we're really interested in. So just because mod like users on consoles wouldn't be able to support mods doesn't mean they won't be able to potentially play some really cool ones. Um, but yeah, mods absolutely definitely launch. It's, it's a, like a key feature of the game. Yeah. Cool. Um, so thanks for being on the question bus. Thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, uh, it's www.offgridthegame.com and I'm Harry Rose on Twitter, at Harry Rose, the O is a zero. That's it. And the game's Offgrid the Game on Twitter too. Okay, just Twitter, no Instagram. Uh, oh, I think we have, we have Instagram, we have Tumblr, uh, <laughs> we have Facebook. We kind of have the whole shebang, but I think if you go to the website, the links for all those kind of media pages will be there. And we have a, a really active dev blog, so once a month uh, we'll do a big sprint review. So if you're interested, then yeah, check it out. Okay, thank cool. you. Thank you very much.